Episode. We're a little bit nervous, but we're really excited. We've locked the cats out of our dining room so that we have semi-good recording space without them harassing us. Yeah, because if we didn't, then it would be really annoying. Yeah. So, I'm Jackie. And I'm Angie. Um, I'm 32. And I'm 31. And we're married. We've been married for almost a year. We live in Vancouver downtown Vancouver with our two cats so far. Roxy and Felix and that's it. No more cats. Um, We have been together for almost nine years. Um, We both work in social services. We probably won't say where just because we don't want to make it seem like we're speaking for our agencies but yeah no. We work with people. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Port Coquitlam. I have a younger brother and an older sister and two parents who are not together. And a stepmom, and... Many complicated relationships. Yeah, <laughs> and but the best part of my family um, is that we laugh together a lot, and I get to be an aunt. I've been an aunt since I was... Oof, man. 14? Yeah. 13? 13, I think. Yeah. I did my, my, yeah, so I have a 17-year-old niece, and a 16-year-old nephew, and an 8-year-old niece, and that's maybe the awesomest part. Yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was originally born in the States, originally, and then I was reborn in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I moved here when I was 11. My upbringing was insane. We'll Colorful. probably get <laughs> into that throughout the episode. Yeah, it's a little early to be. I mean, this is like a first date, Spoiler right? Spoiler alert, my mom's in the hospital because she's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's not news. Anyways, so moving forward, <laughs> what we wanted to do is we both love podcasts. Yes. I've been listening to Keith and the Girl for, I think, like seven years. Yeah, it's kind of insane. And no longer. Didn't you start listening to them when we lived on Barclay? Yeah. I don't know how long. It was not like seven years ago. No, because we moved together for... in together eight years ago. Okay. So anyway, I've been yeah, listening to them. for. I'm a huge fan of them. Um, yeah, I, I must confess, Angie's the one that introduced me to podcasts. I didn't really, I'm not naturally technologically savvy, so I come by it through Angie. Well, that's not a technology, really. That's just Well, just like aware. knowing about things that are out there yeah. in the world. Anyway, uh-huh. like we enjoyed Professor Blastoff, um, Risk. We just found out today, I just have to say, we just found out today that Professor Blastoff is no longer, and that was our favorite podcast, yeah. bar none. Tig, Kyle, and David are the best. We just watched Tig's documentary. Yeah, which, it was awesome. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. It's awesome. But I think just listening to the way they interact and how kind of 
open they were, especially Tig. Well, actually all of them, very open. I think just kind of is an inspiration for us in this process because we've listened to podcasts forever. I, I'm a big, huge fan of Kevin Smith's podcast, so all of the Smodcast stuff. First started listening to Smodcast and then Plus One and yeah, just like all of the all of the Smodco podcasts. So. And I noticed that there was a, a kind of gap where when we started trying to get pregnant, I guess, that's what we're or talking about. started thinking about Started it, thinking maybe. about getting yeah. pregnant. There's not a lot of information about trying to conceive while being two women. Like, there's information about it, but there's no... Like, personal accounts of, like, what it feels like and how you sort through all the information and, like, what the right decisions for you are and how to figure that out and how to talk to people about it and how to talk to each other about it. Like, it's a very, there's, like, not, it's, like, not a prescriptive thing where it's just, like, oh, okay, so this is what you do. Yeah, and there's a lot of misconception, I think. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't know how much it was going to cost. Anyway, so I decided, why don't we start a podcast where we basically document our journey that sounds so lame. That sounds really, really yeah. lame. Our, how about how about the process? The process. The process. Of that sounds a little trying, pretentious, but the process of trying to get pregnant, being two women, yeah, in Vancouver, and just yeah, like what it. I, I don't know. I think it's interesting for people to be able to hear it and give us feedback. And I mean, we discovered another um, queer couple who are kind of going through the same thing, and they do. Um, they're called. Queer Mama. Queer Mama. And they're doing sort of little videos of their process. That does sound really pretentious. We'll come <laughs> up with a better way of call of referring to that. But And it's just been really kind of eye-opening for us because it's like, oh my God, yeah, I felt like that too. And like, it makes and it's you... And f- it's not the same, I think, with straight couples. Yeah. I think that because, I don't know, maybe I'm being ignorant, but that you can keep trying. Mm-hmm. The sperm is in your partner and they live in your house and you can just go to town. Get it (laughs) whenever you need it. And you don't have to think about, you know, oh. And I mean, of course that's different. I mean, it's, I think we probably would have more in common with straight couples who have had fertility issues. Yeah. Because it's a weird sort of, not necessarily taboo, but just something that people don't really talk about because it's sort of like, there's like a bit of shame, I think, in it. Like, oh, like, my body doesn't work, or I can't make this happen, even though that's, like, what we're made for, or whatever. And so I feel like there's, like, not, it's, like, kind of a marginalized experience, maybe. Yeah, and then I don't really identify with being infertile, because I'm not. No. So it's this weird sort of gap in just things to look up, and people to talk to, and we don't know any other lesbian couples that are trying to do this right now, other than you know, random groups that I've joined on Facebook where I'm talking to Or like to friends of friends. So you're not like, it's not like, you know, you, you can ask questions and people are, I mean, I think as you can tell by this podcast, people are really open to talking about it if you ask or if they're sort of just more open people, which we kind of are, but it's still hard to get information about it. And I think that this process is going to help us kind of understand what we're going through better as well. Yeah. Oh my god, Felix is going crazy. <laughs> yeah, our cat is meowing in the other room. I'm wondering if it's going to record. Hold on. Shh. Oh. Felix? Of course he stops as soon as we're quiet. Oh, he's such a brat. Anyway, so, so, so basically we 
we want to fill that gap. We want to be yeah. those people for you. We want to be able to bring you information and tell you what it's like and help you. From our perspective. From our perspective. And, and then, like, hear your thoughts and experiences and kind of start a conversation about it. And I think also coming from, like, a, um, a feminist perspective, there's, like, a lot of interesting dynamics to talk about when we're referring to just how the world sees us and what we're doing and different experience interactions and experiences we've had with people and kind of the queer side of this whole thing because I don't know that there's a lot of people that really like we have it's been pretty great but there's still some like weird things that come up about like oh well like who like why aren't you having the kid first you're older or like you know, why did you wait so long or, or why, are, or why you, are you adopting? <laughs> yeah, or why aren't you getting pregnant at the same time? Yeah, which is a weird one. I know we can talk about that for hours, but <laughs> it's just the worst idea ever. So where did we start? We've... Well, I think we should talk a bit more about, like, our ideologies about life. So we're both very passionate atheists yeah. and, and skeptics and science-minded humanists, I think would be a good way of describing us. Yeah. Um, we're very, very invested in all of our family and friends' lives. Angie's family, she sort of skimmed across, <laughs> but she also has this amazing network of friends who she's known since she was very young, and they're basically family. They're like, you know, sisters, and so I got to gain all these amazing people in my life because of that, and, and like, all of them have kids, so we're, like, desperate to kind of be among their ranks and, like... I mean, I, th- I guess it's just our ages that people are having kids now because we're not going to any younger. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think I have to say that, I mean, I've known, obviously I've known Ange for a long time and she is always, 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 not even wanted, but like needed to be a mother. She has been asking. I'm going to be awesome at it. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never doubted that. She just basically thought, Okay, we're in a relationship and we live together. Let's get pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, no, like we're both in yeah, school. Yeah, I was like, straight people get pregnant accidentally all the time. Why don't we just be frivolous and just go get sperm? But yeah, she was a little pie-eye in the sky about it. Like, yeah. we could just do it. And I was like, And then just of... deal with it as if it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Which a good is impossible. Way. It's kind of impossible to accidentally get pregnant as, as two women. Um so I've, you know, definitely kind of been the one putting on the brakes, like, let's wait until we're done school and we have, like, a career and, like, maybe some level of stability. So that's kind of where we are now. Yeah, so what we also want from this podcast is to talk about the stuff that comes up when you're trying to get pregnant, you know. Like, I just tonight took this <laughs> the most disgusting thing I've ever put in my mouth, some Chinese herbs. The last gulp of it, I almost vomited up. It was... Okay, it tasted, I tried it because I'm a very supportive wife, and it tasted like the bitterest celery with this, like, sweet licorice and, like, dirt. That's, like, that's the like It was Satan decided to fart in your mouth. (laughs) Except we don't believe in Satan, so that's No, but if he did, that's what his farts would taste like. Probably, probably. So Chinese herbs, you know, encapsulating your placenta, you know, vaccines... These kind of things that come up for parents or come up during pregnancy that we want to talk about and just say, yeah, what is this? Let's let's see if it's an actual like debate or if there's like science behind it, not science. Yeah, and like why do we why do people think that this is the right way to do it? What is that based on, and where does that idea come from, and is it right for us, and why? And 
I don't know. I just, maybe it's like super self-centered to be like, I think the world needs to know about my opinions. But I feel like because we've been talking about this stuff with our friends, with family for so long and with each other, like from very early on in our relationship, like what kind of parents we want to be and baby names. And like, I mean, we've really been invested in this for a long time. So I, I don't know. I guess I just... Well, we can just like talk about it. It's not that we need yeah. to present them with tons of information. It's just that we're no, going to discuss just, it. Yeah, because we've been thinking about it for so long. It's like... And these of, conversations are happening all over Facebook. Like yeah. you can't look at Facebook without someone getting mad because they breastfed in public and they've been banned from Ikea. Or, or, or they're choosing not to breastfeed or... And then everyone hates them on their Facebook and... Or are they co-sleeping and like all these things that, you know, until you're actually thinking about being a parent or becoming a parent or are a parent nobody really thinks about and it's kind of weird because we've been thinking about it for yeah like years and years anyway so we could probably talk about all this stuff for hours and hours but we want to kind of catch you up on what we've kind of done so far because I'll just say at the moment nobody is pregnant <laughs> no <laughs> so there's no uh, I'm not bearing the lead here but We're not hopefully there yet. if all things if things go right all being well we will you guys will follow us along that journey of finding out when we're pregnant because we're we're right at the start of um, starting a new process from where we started, which was basically... I think you should say start one more time. Start. Okay, good. We um, yeah. really wanted when we first thought, okay, now we're married, let's move forward, let's have a baby... We were like, we want to know the sperm donor. Okay, I need to go like deal with Felix. He's driving me crazy. We can't do a whole podcast like this. So guys, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Okay, so we really wanted to know the sperm donor. We wanted to be able to say to the to our child, you know, your sperm came from a guy who's awesome and he's funny and he's and, and and you know him and it's like uncle joe or whatever you know like we wanted we really in our kind of in our in our perfect world the donor would be somebody that we really loved that was close to us and that could be kind of like an uncle figure um yeah someone yeah. tangible that the kid could know and we would be able to go and visit and have some sort of relationship so yeah the first person that we had in mind was a friend of ours um pretty close to us and we kind of had been talking about him for a while because he had very similar ideologies and we really liked um he's very handsome and he's tall and he's very smart and he's a funny guy and we just really kind of admired the person that he was and thought like he would be great yeah so we kind of started the conversation you know it's it's it, that was definitely I think the first really awkward thing that we had to do because it's like, how do you ask your friend for their sperm and like what they think about it and how they feel about it? And yeah, so we did. And he was very open to it. He was very interested in sort of engaging in a conversation about it. Cause but I, before this, mm. <laughs> I would get drunk <laughs> at parties or whatever. And I would talk to him, try and talk to him about it. I'd be like, Hey, we should have, you should be our <laughs> sperm donor. It was almost what like, what would our babies look like? And she like talked you? to everybody about how she wanted to have his babies, and it was pretty. I mean, it was like innocent and cute and funny, but like there was so much truth under that drunken like, please, please give me your sperm. Yeah, it got awkward where it was, like everyone would just sort of be chuckling, and I'd be like, no, but for real. And then the next day I'd be like, 
Oh my god, I can't. He's believe not on to me. Yeah, she thought she was so stealthy. But um, yeah, Just so he was he was willing to think about it and it sort of got to the point when he was maybe overthinking it or... Well, I just think he didn't... I mean, we've been thinking about it for years and years and years, right? And it was like a brand new thing for him that he's probably never considered because why would he? And so I think it was going to take him... It it became evident that it was going to take him a lot longer to kind of wrap his head around it than we were willing to wait, which is... You know, absolutely no ill feelings there whatsoever because it's a lot to ask. Um, And we fully were, like, very upfront, like, if you say no, we're still really good friends and that's not going to change. And, like, it's okay to say no. We don't want you to say yes unless you're really, really comfortable and okay with this. Yeah. So it wasn't wasn't bad. It was just sort of maybe challenging to find the right words at times. Yeah, and it was sort of challenging to figure out, like, well, he hasn't said anything. He hasn't contacted us about it he didn't bring it up last time we saw him maybe he's... or we're like meeting up to to like talk about it should we buy him dinner i feel like we should buy him dinner so we bought him dinner like <laughs> it was it was funny we laughed at ourselves a lot i think yeah. during that but then we finally came to a decision that he was our timelines were just very yeah, different he wanted more time to think about it than we were willing to wait so we decided who next <laughs> <laughs> who's next on the list and by kind of amazing chance at that point um, a couple of our, well, I guess one of our favorite couples, but only half of the couple, <laughs> they were home early from a trip around the world and we had always talked about it. So it was sort of like, Hey, you're here. And like, we're kind of ready. So like, let's do this. And everybody was really excited. And then, and he was like, it took him he, five seconds. <laughs> he was like, yeah, Absolutely. let's do it. I'm done. Let's do you it. You want to do it right now? Let's go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like he was ready to go. And which was amazing and not really at all surprising if you know him, but it became more evident as his life was sort of changing that his life wasn't very stable or static. He was in a very big period of flux and he didn't know where he was going to be the next week, let alone the next month. And it just became like... Just to be clear, he wasn't like a homeless person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was He's traveling. very adventurous. Yes, we should be clear about yeah. that. Traveling and yeah. just wanted to be able to like... And move he, at the drop of a hat. And he also just didn't, he didn't want to commit to us and then have to let us down. And I think that was... Admirable. Totally the perfect choice. I mean, would I have been sad if, if he had been our sperm donor? Of course not. I love him to pieces. But um, he's still a really good friend and he will always be in my life and he will know our child. So it doesn't really matter. So that, after... After sperm donor number two, we were like, who's next? And Q looking on our Facebook page. We totally did. And <laughs> Went then, through our friends. And desperate. then we were just like, oh, we could ask him, we could ask him. I don't know, that's not sort of a lot to ask. Is it? It's kind of weird. And then we kind of had this like epiphany moment. I think, was it me? I think I said, like, what about... No, it was, I remember in the shower because I was like... Oh, oh okay. we're never going to have a baby. We don't have any sperm. We can't afford to buy it anonymously. And then for some reason, I just had this moment where I was like, oh, yeah, our friend has been offering us sperm mm-hmm. for like five years. Like probably even more. Like he had always been like, because they, so he and his wife, we kind of almost, we pretty much met through his wife and was very good friends with. And so it was kind of funny because we were friends and they had had, they had, had a, a baby at that point and they were very much like, everyone should have kids. We should all have kids. Have kids. And you guys want to be parents? Like, I'll be your sperm donor. And he'd always been offering. And we never really took it seriously because at that point we weren't really ready. And it was just sort of like, oh, ha, ha, yeah, funny. 
And then when Andrew remembered, it was like, oh, right. Like, maybe he's serious about it. So we kind of put our little feelers out and asked asked him and his wife. I don't know if we, we should use their like, names. <laughs> yeah, no, don't use maybe their names. Not. But so we, we just started a conversation about it. Yeah, and it became very clear very quickly that they were both very, very on board, which yeah. was so amazing. Um, so we started talking about it and what it would look like and looked Interesting in- fact, if you're not from BC... Mm. Um, the laws here are amazing for sperm donation. Yeah. So basically what happens in other parts of Canada and maybe in the States too, I'm not too sure, is that if I were to have a child with a sperm donor or with, you know, a known donor, then Jackie would have to adopt the baby. Yeah. But in BC, just by someone donating sperm, their parental rights are automatically like null and void so because it's like assumed you're donating your sperm so you're not intending to parent that as long as we we don't have sex I don't have sex with the guy then he's not the father at all on any record whatsoever unless I choose to put him there yeah and he's not responsible like financially or anything if anything were to happen to us and he's also not able to you know sue us for rights or anything like that because from the start we are both the yeah. parents. And, and vice versa. It. Yeah. And then, yeah, and Jackie goes on the birth certificate as soon as the child's born. So that also makes finding a sperm donor that you know pretty easy. Yeah. So Because there's no, like, crazy legal fees, and it was sort of like, hey, cool, so this is, this is, this is the facts. This is super straightforward and easy. So we kind of started moving ahead, and we did try the sort of... What what Ange hates to hear is the turkey baster method. We'll, we call it the at-home method, where you basically get the sample, and you put it in yourself, and you hope that it works. <laughs> yeah, so there's different yeah. ways that you can do it. Basically, it's called at-home insemination. You get a little syringe with no needle on it and a cup, and basically the guy goes and jizzes in the cup. You grab it suck it up the syringe, stick it in you, and try and get it on the cervix as much as possible. You hang out. With your legs up in the air in your friend's bedroom um, that has... <laughs> toys, children's toys all over it because they have children. And like a dirty teddy bear. Not like dirty, like like sexually inappropriate teddy bear in there. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's where we started. And it was very interesting and awkward but hilarious at the same time like the first so I I feel like we have to tell the story about the first time the first time was the guy's 30th birthday (laughs) so like literally his actual birthday so we walked in and we're sort of just like hey want to do something really awkward with your friends today on your birthday and then I handed him a bottle of Jameson and was like, well, I bought you a drink first at least. <laughs> because and it was also like 8 in the morning. Yeah. Because we're trying to get it as close to the positive ovulation as possible. Yeah. And so basically how it worked is that we hung out downstairs with their two beautiful, hilarious, wonderful, sweet children. They went upstairs and um, got the sample. <laughs> I always said I don't want to know how it's done because the more I would think about it, the more like kind of skeeved out I would get. I'd just be like, as long as it ends up in the cup, I don't care where how? and what it went through, <laughs> as long as it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. So um and trying then, to keep their kids also from being like, Where's mom and dad? and like running upstairs. So we kept them pretty entertained. But then we would 
they'd come downstairs and we would go upstairs and they would also have to keep their kids from being like, where are those girls? (laughs) And why do they come over like once a month and hang out in your room? (laughs) I wonder if like their kids are going to grow up and be like, huh, and maybe put two and two together someday (laughs) or just think that her parents are totally weirdos. Well, they'll think that anyway because they are. You hear that? You're weirdos. You're wonderful weirdos. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, fun. They made it really, they were so cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think when we said that he was like, I'm not, this isn't awkward for me. Are you guys uncomfortable? And we were like, well, no, now that you're like being so not weirded out by it, we're totally not. And it was, it was probably one of the most generous and loving things anybody's ever done for us. It was really, really amazing, but it was also really challenging because he worked in Alberta, so he wasn't always here. And it was really challenging to get the our timelines to line up. And then they decided that it was just too hard for them to do the back and forth thing between BC and Alberta. And they moved, which was absolutely the right choice for them. Yeah. But it obviously made things a lot harder on the whole getting pregnant. And so it was also difficult with his schedule to begin with because he mm-hmm. was only here for a week and then he'd be gone for two. And if it didn't, ov- it didn't match up with when I was ovulating... Um, it was making me crazy. Like I oh was having breakdowns yes. being like, will, will he be here when, when I'm ovulating? Oh my gosh, I'm not sure. Oh, and to, on top of all of that, Angie's cycle was not crazy. predictable and like very long and variable. And so it made it even more challenging. And I think that was really, it was really hard to watch how, I mean, it was frustrating for me, but I think because Angie was the one going through it physically, it was... And she was putting so much pressure on us and on the situation to work and give her this thing she's needed and wanted for so long that it just, it really made her nuts. And so eventually we kind of were like, okay, we can't, you know, we we did entertain the idea of shipping sperm across Canada (laughs) from them in like a secret (laughs) container that FedEx would like pick up and they wouldn't know what it was. It was so weird. This weird sperm extender that you buy online that's creepy and it's like... And like like maybe not legal. We're not even really sure. And probably not FDA approved at all or (laughs) maybe like a total scam. But yeah, we're kind of close to doing that and finally it was just like this is reaching such... And or we were also going to go to Alberta to try and inseminate and I was like this is... We can't do that every month. Like that's... It just finally reached this place where it was like this is too We are... Jumping through so many hoops, it's ridiculous. And it's like we had forgotten that, like, the point of this whole thing was to get pregnant, and we were not doing it in the most straightforward way we could. And so, when we, and I think really watching the Queer Mama videos helped us a lot to be like, oh my God, we forgot that the, what, what this was for. And once we started having that conversation, it was like, okay, so yes, it's expensive to buy sperm, and yes, it's expensive to go through a clinic and that's something we had been trying to avoid, but let's just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do it and get pregnant because that's the goal. And that was like a period of like, okay, that really, I think, calmed the whole emotional turmoil. Yeah. And made it a lot more straightforward. We went to a clinic. They told us X, Y, Z. These are your three options. We picked X. They were like, cool, this is the next step. And we just went. Yeah, it was no like confusion or when's this happening it was like we're gonna work with you and when you get you know when you get your results back do this and it was just yeah it It was was very clear very laid out very concise and it made me feel 
100% more yeah. calm. And I yeah. was just like, oh my God, there's a solution. So that's how we decided to go anonymous. Um, However, we found out that there's such a thing as, um, what is it called? Open identification. Open identification. We always knew that. You didn't know that? No, I totally didn't. That oh. you could like have a donor be willing to be contacted by the child when they're 18. How did you not know that? I don't know. I think I just never, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know it, so I can't tell you how I didn't know Haven't it. you heard those you know? news stories where it's like some guy who's been donating sperm for like 15 years gets contacted by his kids and there's like 50 of them and... Georgia or whatever. Yeah, but I just didn't think it was something that we could have access to for some reason because I know that there's not a lot of sperm donation in Canada for anybody who's not aware or in Canada or whatever. Um, there's You can't be paid for human tissue or fluids in Canada, so there's not as huge of, a, of an incentive for people to donate because, you know, the sort of typical thing you see in movies is like college guys like donating sperm for extra cash and like that's not... But it doesn't happen here. So I just didn't think we could get it. Yeah. So um, we chose that route. So we chose a donor. That, I think, is another episode all in itself. Yeah. I don't, don't think we can talk about that here. We'll talk about the, like, actual process of choosing a donor later. Yeah. But basically where we're at right now is that I'm on Clomid. Um, I have two and what does that do? more days left. It kind of regulates your cycle. It forces your body, it binds to your receptors your, that create estrogen and um, forces your body to just hyper create estrogen. So then you have super extra estrogen and then your follicles are like losing their minds, trying to bust out of your ovaries. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> Not yeah. really having too many side effects considering... Which is weird because yeah. Ange has like, Ange gets like the craziest periods you've ever heard of in your life where I don't she's think like, they're connected though. I feel like they are no. anyways so they are like like she gets up in the middle of the night and is like throwing up from pain and like this has been most of your life right I mean since you got your period pretty much yeah so um, I always assumed there'd be like issues or you'd have crazy like hormonal episodes or like crying fits no because when you uh, anyway yeah they're not connected anyway (laughs) um so we are basically waiting to get a positive ovulation and then I will go in and get inseminated at the clinic IUI styles yeah um that's supposed to happen maybe like a week 10 days from today I think I might ovulate so fingers crossed but that was sort of the impetus for us being like okay if we're gonna do a because we've been talking about this whole let's do a podcast about this process thing for a while and it was like okay if we're gonna do this like we need to do it before we actually physically start the IUI because we want to document it and I think it would be really better I think it's better this way just because now you guys know how we feel right now and you can follow us through this yeah and I have to say I'm so excited (laughs) I'm like pumped because I'm thinking like I could get pregnant this first time. Yeah. And then by this time next month, I'll be pregnant. Oh, my God. That would be so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then all that, I like, can't even... stress and everything, it'll be so exciting. Uh, it will have been for the best reason. Yeah. So hopefully you guys will be there to enjoy that lovely news if it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But right now, I guess our hopes for this podcast is like, I want to have our friends on who have kids and talk about their experiences, their birth stories, weird ideas they have because they all have (laughs) weird ideas or in some awesome ideas, but some weird ideas. Our friends are all weirdos and we love them for it, but they have, they all have their very, their very own ideas about parenting and, and children and just the insane world of information available on all those things and I think it would be fascinating to just kind of get a weird cross-section of our people. Yeah and we have uh, a friend who's a doula and we can have her on. We have a friend um, who's a nurse who had who just had a baby a couple months ago and yeah we can get cutest. all sorts of different people to come on. I would like to get Queer Mama. We could like Skype her in. That would be so cool. Yeah. We'll just have to start reaching out. Yeah if you want to yeah. watch those videos I think it's on auto saddle and it's queer mama. You can go onto like YouTube and check out like queer mama. Yeah. We need sperm. And they have all these awesome videos that really capture. Oh, and they're so cute too. Yeah. They're, they're like, they couple. seem like the nicest people ever, which hopefully we come across as nice too. <laughs> Cause you know, who wants to listen to a podcast if the people on it aren't nice? It's well, I can be an asshole if you want me to. And just hilarious, too. I know she hates it when I say that, but it's true. So hopefully this podcast will be informative, interesting, a little bit different, and funny, and just kind of a raw thing of how we feel and what we're doing. And yeah. Yeah. So our (laughs) website is uh, www.thebabymamaspodcast.com. You can contact us through there. Um, send us an email if you want. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Is there like an email? It's funny because I'm like talking that? and I know that no one's there and that no <laughs> one has listened to this podcast, it's, but I'm like, but send me an email. I know. It's kind of weird because it's like you're talking to yourselves, but to nobody, but to people potentially, hopefully one day. Yeah. I don't know. We'll it's, get better at this. I promise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for our first episode. That's awesome. High yeah. five. High five. Good job, wife. We need to come up with a really good ending. Yeah. Like some sort of catchphrase. I know, like some of my our favorite podcasts, like Professor Blastoff, Tig would go, well, that's been podcast. And then on Smodcast, Kevin Smith always goes, have a week. Yeah. I love the like, damn it, what's ours going to be? Hmm. Think fertile thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> Your baby mama's. Podcast.